What it is, people, what it is, people, what it is. It is your boy Dubs in the building. <clears throat> and this is the fourth episode of season two um, with my 32 teams in 32 days. Um, I appreciate y'all checking out um, the last two episodes. Uh, talking about the defending champs of Kansas City Chiefs, then talking about the San Francisco 49ers. Now we jump into talking about a team that was quite possibly right there um, that could have probably got to the Super Bowl and probably could have made it a really interesting type of game, really competitive type of game, and that's the Detroit Lions. Um, I've been saying this the last two episodes, like the the Detroit Lions are a very interesting team to think about. Like, like, like this team, like, let's go back to when it was Aaron Rodgers last year with the Packers. And you've seen, like, the Lions had certain games they were winning, and teams were like, hmm, I'm not engaged with this team. I don't know what it is. But for some reason, with the Lions beating the Packers and making sure they don't get to the playoffs, it kind of almost brought this sense of hope uh, to the city of Detroit, Michigan. And with their coach, Dan Campbell, it's like it's a whole different mentality over there. Um, Ever since they traded Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff, at first – the thought was they was going to be in a whole different rebuild. Uh, they drafted the quarterback out of Tennessee. I can't remember what his name is. I got to look it up. Um, but Jared Goff was just supposed to be, I guess, he was supposed to be kind of helping the rebuild. Not really win games, but just kind of just help the team along until they found their guy that they were probably going to draft. And then keep them moving from there because they already get draft picks almost every year. Sometimes they're always in the top ten, sometimes top five. So they're always grabbing something. And it just seemed like Jared Goff changed that whole narrative of he could be the stepping stone for another quarterback for this team to build with into now the Detroit Lions are, are real contenders and real threats in the NFC. And um, it was clear as day um, seeing how they played this past offseason. Like, it was it was quite impressive to see um, the Detroit Lions. Like, it, it just felt different. Like, you, you can get, like, all the other years with the Detroit Lions. Like, this might have been a team um, – that was going to do okay, or they was at least going to maybe get seven wins, maybe eight, but they're never going to be, like, a, a serious threat. And this year, like, if it started just from that first game when they beat the defending champs in Kansas City, you could tell it was something brewing um, over there in Detroit because even with them losing that second game, like, they went on a four-game winning streak, beating the Falcons, Panthers, uh, Packers, and Buccaneers. And they were putting up points. Like, they put up 34 on the Packers in their stadium. They put up 42 on the Panthers on the road. Um, they did get exposed 
a little bit playing the Ravens, but that was kind of like one of those things like the Ravens were just too hot around that time. The Ravens played 10 teams that had winning records over 500 and were just smacking them all year. So the Lions just happened to be one of the first teams they they saw and they, and they just gave them a whooping. But the Lions rebounded from that. Like, they finished the season 12-5, and five, technically 13-6 and because they won their playoff game. Um, who did they beat? They beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, well, yeah, they beat the – who did they beat in the playoffs? can't remember. Um, dang. Who did they beat in the playoffs? I can't remember off the top of my head. But they won the playoff game, then they lost the next one. To um, No, actually, they got all the way to the NFC Championship game, and they lost to the, the 49ers, where they were up on them. They were scoring a lot. I think the score was like 24-7 and a half. And then, um, oh, I'm looking at it right here. They beat the Rams, then they beat the Bucks, then they lost the 49ers. And um, this is that second half. It blew up in their face. And they never really recovered from it. And um, I just had this, like, weird feeling just with them that um, the Detroit Lions are going to be a very dangerous team going into the next season because it's just, like, almost the same as the last two episodes. You start from the top, right? You got to make sure your coach and your quarterback are in sync. And Dan Campbell... And Jared Goff are bringing such a confidence to their team that everyone's following them. And you getting guys really stepping up. Like, who would have thought that the Lions get David Montgomery and he used to play with the Bears knowing they he didn't really win much over there, but he was a pretty um, respectable back um, in the league. He would put up numbers when he was healthy. He did have a lot of injuries um, over there. But for him to come over... And to do what he does with the Lions, putting up 1,015 yards, 219 carries, 13 TDs. The goal with they drafted Jameer Gibbs, the fast running back out of Alabama, and they split carries. And he still, like every time he played, he did his thing. And um, that Detroit Lions team, man, I'm telling you, like that offense is only going to keep moving and stuff. And with like, a young receiver like Amon St. Brown, who put up 1,515 yards, 119 receptions, 10 touchdowns. Like, it's almost like they're building something on that offense from the quarterback to the running backs. Then you got to think, they got their number one receiver who's still on a rookie deal who's going to probably get some big money when it's extension time. And stuff, and then they've happened to find a gem in Sam Laporta, who nobody expected when he got drafted to them that he was going to put up the numbers that he put up. Like Sam Laporta and Amon St. Brown basically put that team on their backs, and they were out there just playing phenomenal. Like, Sam LaPorta had 86 receptions on 120 targets, 889 yards, 10.3 yards a catch, 10 TDs. Like, he was averaging 52.3 yards a game. Like, he was such a reliable target in that offense. And, 
man, like, watching that Lions offense that whole season, I was just like, wow. They're a team that I know for a fact. They can really put up some numbers and stuff. Um, um, and just seeing, like, like a young rookie come in, and he plays almost like a vet. He, and if you think about it, I ain't going to lie to you. Like, Sam LaPorta moving himself into the top three tight end discussion. Top four. You know, think about George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews. He moved himself right to that discussion. So quick after his rookie year. Even with guys like Kyle Pitts out there who had an underwhelming season with the Falcons. Um, like, uh, like, who would have thought? Who would have thought that? My man, sorry. Um, like that, this Lions offense is going to going to keep excelling and going up. Jared Goff's contract is reasonable. Like you got my St. Brown is going to get an extension soon. You got Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery. Like now, the thing they just got to fix is something that. You know, that's probably hurt them um, this past season. But uh, I'm sure they're going to address it in the draft. And um, they need a guard. Right now, they have two starting guards. They have Jonah Jackson and Graham Glasgow. And they're both free agents right now. They want to figure something out, either in the draft or they're going to have to bring one of them back if they got the cap space. Um, Lions got to really show up that line, especially for Jerry Goff, because he was pushing it down the field. He was making plays. He was always finding open receivers. You, it's clear. Like just watch the Forty ers game in that first half. Like when he had time in the pocket, he looked like he was the best quarterback on that field. Like there was nobody that was gonna stop him. On their 49ers defense, they could have brought blitzes left and right. He was sitting back there comfortable with Panay Sewell blocking. And he was locking up like Nick Bosa at times. Um, like, they're going to have to really get that O-line straight. And I'm sure they they will. Um, like I said, they might have to bring back one or the other. Or they're going to try to figure out a reasonable deal for both of those guys. Um, but... Yeah, they got to really get that line straight because, like I said, running backs, tight ends, receiver, they're all straight. They're good right now. They don't have to worry about that. Even with Jameson Williams, um, he had some – I think I think he was hurt. Then he had that little uh, – I think it was the gambling thing. I might be wrong. But uh, with him, you get a speed receiver – that's gonna get down the field and and offense up more. So they so that middle of the field, the intermediate for Amon St. Brown, he can move in that pocket or move in those zones and get those catches. They got Cleef uh, Raymond. He played pretty good uh, for them at receiver. Um, like 
I like how this Lions team plays, and I just I don't see them really backpedaling. I feel like they're going to be the best team in that NFC North. Honestly, I, I ain't even going to lie to you. They might be the second best team in the NFC because um, that discussion was going on all season. It was the 49ers Eagles, 49ers Eagles. Because it was Eagles for the longest time, then they went on that little spurt, and they started getting injuries, and that's when the 49ers took over. But it was always who was the third best team. It was between the Cowboys, Detroit Lions, Cowboys, Detroit Lions. Who do you trust more? And you could clearly see that the Cowboys lost that first playoff game, losing to the Packers. Packers ran them off the field early. The Detroit Lions... Saw that, and they was like, yo, we can really get to the Super Bowl, yo. All we got to do is really just beat. Um, we just have to beat the Bucks just to get to this championship game. And they did that. And they were just so close um, losing to the 49ers. So just only imagine what their mentality is going to be like going forward when they in these crucial games and they really got to produce points like like I get it some uh they had the one game was it against the Lions or 49ers I think it was against the 49ers where like uh it was supposed to be a touchdown the Lions were going to go up they was about to win the game and uh the wrong the wrong person reported themselves to the ref so the ref got confused they was trying to confuse uh the ref well, I guess they was trying to confuse the other team to let them know, like, who was really eligible, who wasn't, but they really confused or confused the ref, but they really just confused themselves because the way, the, I think it was number 70, the way he was positioned versus, versus where Panay Sewell was, like, I think it was Panay Sewell. It might have been someone else. They didn't, um... um and uh, that's that's how they kind of messed up. So, uh, but the Lions just going for it, and they just kept getting pushed back. It was too many calls. I would have kicked the field goal, went to overtime, and just tried my hand winning it like that. But uh, Dan Campbell trusts his team a lot. He knows for a fact he has so much trust that he'll go for those crucial fourth downs because he knows Jared Goff will make the right decision. Um, he knows Amon St. Brown a lot of times it's going to be open because that man has great footwork and he will catch everything and stuff. Um, so, uh, I think the biggest thing, honestly, that the Lions got to focus on in the offseason, they have to figure out this cornerback position. And it's been, it's been, like one of their like biggest biggest things they always kind of missed on, and I've looked at certain teams and noticed like some teams don't focus on that quarterback position like they're supposed to. Like I mentioned with the Chiefs, like you got two young guys which they got to re-sign Ladarius Sneed. You got an All Pro and Trent McDuffie and Ladarius Sneed, and a bunch of young guys in that secondary. They're only gonna get better, and they're gonna grow together. And then, like, you look at the 49ers' corners, they're okay, but, like, they could be better. And then you look at the Lions' corners, and they had injuries off the bat. 
like um like in last offseason they signed Cam Sutton and Emmanuel Mosley in free agency, but Mosley hurt his other knee and he was out for the season. So then Jerry Jacobs plays in his place, but he struggled. So he got benched for Kendall Vildor, but and he didn't do much better. So um and Sutton he was their worst corner on the team. So right now they need a number one corner, and imagine if. They would have had that luck last year in the draft, and they would have got Christian Gonzalez instead of the Patriots getting him. They would have got a lockdown corner that they know for a fact they're going to have probably about 10, 12 years. And they let that slip, and he wasn't available and stuff. And, or they could have got Devon Witherspoon and stuff. The Lions got to really address this cornerback position. There's a lot of great cornerbacks in this upcoming draft. So... I will make sure if I'm the Lions brass, I got to make sure this cornerback position is straight because the defensive line is only going to do so much. Even though they had games, they struggle to get pressure and to get key sacks. Um, they need to make sure those corners are holding up to a point. Maybe their ends or their defensive tackles can get in. Um, and... Um, so they can get those crucial fourth, third down stops. And if they that don't happen, teams are going to keep exposing and they're going to keep attacking. So, uh, Detroit Lions, right now, like, like, their offense is very potent. It's just that defense, they got to really figure it out. And on top of the cornerback position that they got to figure out is they got to find somebody that's going to run with Aiden Hutchinson. Like Aiden Hutchinson just put up a Pro Bowl year with 101 pressures, 11 and a half sacks during the regular season. But he had no help on the other side. Like James Houston was one, but he suffered a fraction ankle in week two, and he didn't return to the NFC Championship game. So he was limited. Then they had Charles Harris, who was ineffective. Um, but he was benched. Then they had Romeo Akawara, and he hasn't looked like himself since he tore in his Achilles. Then Josh Pascal was solid against the run and pass, and he had a lot of versatility, but he wasn't a great pass rusher. So then when they brought in um, Bruce Irvin, it, it didn't really pan out because he's 36. He's an older guy, so that doesn't really help you as much. So the Lions got to really look in this draft and really look at some key positions. Like, you got to look for edge rushers. You really have to look for, like, those guys that are going to be game changers that's going to uh, kind of almost uh, rattle offenses', offenses rhythms. Like, most teams like to do this a lot of play action, and they like to do all this motion and stuff. If you have another defensive end that goes with Aiden Hutchinson, he, Aiden Hutchinson don't get double team. Now they're going to have to worry about the other guy on the other side. And if you got someone in that in that defensive tackle position that's really playing well, like it helps out even more. So now there's going to be more one-on-ones. And uh, I feel like their linebacker position can improve also. Um, they were pretty decent in that field, um, but they played pretty well in that 49ers game. It just, I just feel like they need something else. Like, imagine if they had Andrew Van Ginkle for the Dolphins or something. Like, 
you get that type of guy, even though he's an edge rusher, but imagine he gets paired up with Aiden Hutchinson, and then they find another uh, tight end, I mean, not tight end, linebacker somewhere. Like, it could help that defensive lot. And um, those are key things that's going to really push them forward and, and might make the Lions be a respectable number two team in the NFC or number three team. On top of that, they got to bring back C.J. Garner-Johnson. He's a free agent. When he got hurt early on, you could tell that Lions defense was not the same. There wasn't no energy. wasn't They wasn't flying around like that. But when he came back, it felt like that team just shifted. Like that team had a better confidence. He's aggressive. He's talkative. And he, he brought a toughness to that defense. They need to bring him back. If they have the money, if their money's respectable, you know, most of these upper managements, they're going to look at certain guys, they're going to see, like, they're going to be like, hey, what do you, how much do you want? And then he might say a number, and the manager will be like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if we can give you that. So, um, so I think, I think it's really important for them to even make sure that safety position is straight. Right now, they they cut Tracy Walker, so they enter the season with Kirby Joseph, and I don't know how to say the other guy as a, st- a starter. Um, um, like it, it, Lions have a few questions. It's not as bad as the 49ers name because they got to really figure out that Ayuk situation. They got to make, they got to figure out, do they bring back Randy Gregory? Do they sign Chase Young again? Um, it's a lot of weird stuff, but you could just tell like something's brewing in Detroit where this wasn't just a one year thing that they made to the NFC championship game and they just going to fade off. No, them Lions might be here to stay. I'm trying to tell y'all, like, if no one's paying attention to those Detroit Lions, watch them sneak up on some teams in this upcoming season. Teams are going to be very shocked that these Lions are playing the way they play. And teams ain't going to know how to cover them. They ain't going to know how to really stop them. Like, the Lions is going to keep applying pressure. They're going to keep trying to push the tempo. And they're going to look be like, hey, we can we can possibly get to the Super Bowl. Like, it's not out of our reach. It's really right there. Um, so I have high hopes for the Detroit Lions. They just got to stay healthy. Jared Goff got to keep playing at a high level. I always had high remarks for him. Like, even when he was with the Rams, like, I didn't feel like them trading him was, was just. I felt like he should have got a chance to really stay there because he got you to a Super Bowl and he won that playoff game injured by himself when it was low scoring. Um, So, and now he's in Detroit and he's just, he's doing the same thing that he's doing in LA. It is, he's bringing a different confidence uh, to Detroit and they need it because you don't hear Detroit win a lot. So, I know for a fact the Detroit Lions will probably be 
If they ain't the second best team in the NFC, they're going to be the clear cut third, clear cut third best team in the NFC. They were twelve and five in the regular season. Just imagine if they thirteen and four. Imagine if they had home field. Wow! Imagine yeah, go to Detroit, playing in that dome is rocking. They finally see um, their team winning. They gonna have they. Gonna, I'm telling you, that home field advantage is important. But um, in my next episode, I'm gonna be talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. What happened? In that second part of the season. Why the collapse? What happened to Jalen Hurts? Was it a confidence thing? Was he was he playing when he supposed when he shouldn't have been playing? He got hurt. How do you figure out the AJ Brown situation? He took everything off his stuff during the playoffs because he couldn't play. How do you fix that? You got Devontae Smith, who's going to be coming up for an extension soon. You got DeAndre Swift, a free agent. Uh, Fletcher Cox, probably inching closer and closer to that retirement. What do you do? You picked up Jalen Carter in this past draft. You got Jordan Davis to go next to him. You you let Hassan Reddick entertain trade um, talks now. Is that defense about to fall apart? Are they going to figure out the Darius Slay thing? He's he's getting older now. Um, and uh, other and, uh, the other corner on the other side, do you just let him go and just go elsewhere? So many questions to figure out with the Philadelphia Eagles, but that's on the next episode. You can check me out on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. You can look me up on my dub uh, TikTok, Dubs in the Building 24. Facebook like page at Dubs in the Building. Um, Twitch is Youngstar88. Like I said, I'm about to be in a Madden tournament. I just put my payment down, so I'm ready for tournament play. Like I'm ready to see like who I'm really going to go against to see if I can get my revenge because I lost those last two games. I don't like it at all. I don't. That's why I whisper. So, I'll catch y'all on the next episode. Um, y'all have yourself a great day. And I am gone. Peace.